Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bleeding Blue, a show on the history of the New York football giants. My name is Justin Pennick, and just before we were going to record my co-host Nikki Snacks, his power went out. But don't worry, this week we had on the one, the only, the king of giants YouTube, Chris the Entertainer. And what we did is we drafted the best giants draft classes. It's a draft about the draft. So I hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Chris the Entertainer is one of the real, I think he, he might be one of the more well-famous Giants fans in the entire world, along upside LPG. I know Clem is up there too. And guess what? We've had all three on Bleeding Blue. We've crossed all the check marks of famous Giants fans. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy this draft. It was a lot of fun with Chris the Entertainer. You will see Snacks and I next week with, guess what? Just mentioned license plate guy. Good chance we're going to carry on the tradition of interviewing him the week of draft week. So we will see you then. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the draft. Keep on bleeding blue. Peace. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my motherfucking uncle, okay? All right, welcome back to Bleeding Blue. You heard in the intro that this week we're going to be drafting the best Giants draft classes and Snacks' powers out sucks, but... <laughs> We got Chris the Entertainer, the one and only. Figured I wanted somebody else to join us for a different kind of themed episode for Bleeding Blue. And I'm really loving these draft-themed episodes. Chris, how are you? Thanks for joining. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be on. Love you uh, love you and Bobby. And I'm going to be uh, working with you guys this week as well, uh, talking about this year's upcoming draft. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of good draft classes. When I went back and looked at it, I absolutely love this podcast that you two do. It's probably my favorite thing on your channel. I love what you mm. do with, with your normal Giants content, but um, every once in a while, I'll tune, tune one of these podcasts on. I think you guys do a fantastic job, and it's something you know unique and different uh, in the Giants community. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, and I figured that you know you would enjoy kind of coming on to this because it is something that's a little bit different, and you know there's, there's so much of what you've done, and since you've started your YouTube channel, you've covered a lot of losing football. Um, so it's kind of good There won't to... be any of those drafts in this. No, no, well, no, no, no losing football. No, we're not drafting the worst Giants draft classes. We're drafting the best. So it's a draft of drafts, which I, I find that to be fun. It's a fun. I, let me ask work. you this, though, before we continue, because I was thinking about it as I said that all of Gettleman's draft classes. Do you think any of them, you know, if we look back 10 years from now, do you think the McKinney and Andrew Thomas class could evolve into a, a, a that may crack a top eight draft of all time if those guys continue to grow? That that's a that's a great question, and really somebody who may be the deal breaker, difference breaker in that is also 
like a Tay Crowder because right. Tay Crowder already we you know we did the exercise last week of the best Giants draft picks of all time and Tay Crowder is already up there with like best franchise seventh round picks of all time and that's kind of crazy I think Lionel Manuel um a uh, Bradshaw Derek Ward was not drafted by the Giants but he's right up there so yeah, the 2020 draft class does have that potential, especially if McKinney and Thomas develop into all pros, and then you have guys like Love and uh, take well, Crowder that I can balance out the back the, end. I think Love was the year before. Oh, Love was 2019. There you go. See, you're keeping me on my toes. <laughs> I'm better. I'm better with Giants history, not Giants right now. Clearly, I don't blame you. Yeah, but uh, so one thing I want to ask you first to get your kind of, I, I've I've always wanted to know this about you with your Giants fandom. When did you start, like, falling in love with the Giants? When was that point for you that's like, ah, shit, I'm, like, stuck in this for life? Was it uh, while you're a teenager, while you're growing up, your father, you know, your, your parents yeah, yeah. were for the Giants, anything like that? I'm going to be honest. When I when I first started growing up as a kid, when I was young, I, I, I was not initially a Giant fan, like a dire Giant fan. I was a football fan. You know, like mm-hmm. most young kids, when you're six, seven, eight, nine years old, the 49ers and Cowboys, I absolutely loved the rivalry. I, I side with the 49ers. But back then, the Giants were horrible. The Jets were horrible. And I really started to get attracted to the Giants around 97. Mm-hmm. And, and the first, when I was like 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, and the first player I absolutely fell in love with was Tiki Barber. Um, I named my dog after Tiki Barber. So I, I, I was in love with Tiki Barber. That was the first Giants jersey I ever bought. Um, and then Eli. Eli, you know, put me over the top. But, you know, I say that all the time. He's my favorite athlete of all time. But, uh, you know, that's why I never hate on Tiki Barber uh, as much as a lot of Giants fans do, even though I do hate what he did on the way out. Uh, some of the words that he had to say about, you know, Coughlin and Eli and everything else. But uh, he was really the first player that I fell in love with and, and is a major reason why I became a dire New York Giants fan. Love that. All right. So 1997, that's first uh, first maybe draft class or, you know, the first team that you really sort of found. So that's Ike Hilliard in the first round, Tiki Barber in the second. And then not sure if there's anybody else significant. Sam Garns, fifth round defensive back. So that's your first uh, draft class that you really got. That's a good draft. I mean, those first two, I mean, Hilliard well, didn't live up to that pick, but Barber in the second round, it's a pretty damn good draft. Just yeah. those two players. They took a Brad, uh, Brad Maynard in the third round, a punter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That's <laughs> kind of bizarre. <laughs> and, you know, we, we were talking before the show. One of the things that these exercises, whether it's what Snacks and I did last week of the best Giants draft picks by round, or even, you know, what we're doing right now with we're drafting the best Giants draft classes, it's giving us perspective right now about how difficult it is to draft in the NFL. Even such a, like a storied franchise like the Giants and, you know, George Young is in the Hall of Fame. You look at those draft classes, and most of the time, it's like, hey, this is a really elite, really great draft class when they're walking away with two or three guys at the most. Yep. And when I went back and I looked at these draft classes, as I'm trying to type in one now because I want to make sure I have all the right names on hand Mm -hmm. as we start this draft, um, like you said, most of them you'd be lucky to find more than one, you know, two two names that really stand out to you. So it was really hard for me to – to, to find, you know, the best draft classes. Yeah, which which is helpful for today, you know, because we, you know, you have your channel and, you know, you you talk all the time about the Giants right now and we're all doing our draft prep. And it, again, it just gives us the perspective that if the Giants walk away with two guys that are starters for a long period of time, you kind of have to consider 
that that is a successful draft. And that's a tough pill to swallow, especially when you look at, well, we have nine draft picks. There's a potential that there could be more this year. And there's so many holes that the Giants need to cover right now that, you know, at the end of the day, if you walk away with two guys that are hits, then it's that's a good what, draft. You know so, what, Justin? Everybody's tough. got a different opinion on this year's draft, and I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, more so on Wednesday. Yeah. My mindset of this year's draft is get a right tackle. Like, that's an obvious need. And after that, just trap the best player on your board. Mm. Like like you said, we have so many needs. I am not going to scream if they don't take an edge rusher in the first couple of rounds, if they feel they could get an elite corner and an elite safety. Just get difference makers on this football team. That That's that's my objective going into this yeah. draft. Because we have holes all, all over this roster, like you said. Yeah, not not even not just positions, but needing good football players, and that's yeah. that's the difference there. And I think you, you you look back at a lot of these draft classes just in the past. I mean, you know, hey, I, I don't necessarily know the team needs of the Giants from 1984 and you know 1991, whatever. But a, a lot of those they're just very good football players that they got. It probably wasn't even just solely centered around position. So I have not a coin, but the closest thing to me that has two sides, and that is this. Uh, Talking Giants versus the World 77 to nothing uh, coaster made by Blair Stewart. Shout out to you. So the Talking <laughs> Giants versus the World side is going to serve as heads, and the Blair Stewart 2022 side is going to serve as tails. So what's your call? Tails never fails. Tails never fails. Uh, uh, flip it over. Tails never fails. Blair Stewart. Entertaining. You have the first pick in our oh, drafting. I, oh, man, I kind of wish I lost. <laughs> mm, in, our, in our drafting Giants draft classes... You have the first pick. Do 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 do. Who are you gonna go with? This is what, pressure because I, I know everybody that watches this video. They're gonna say, "How did he pick this draft class first? And and when you really look at this, like I was saying, at least before we started, I think there's like five draft classes that you could that you could argue are the best draft class based on the based on what arguments you want to make. And and you know we'll talk about that. I'm sure throughout the stream. If you want to just go with the best player of all time, you think Lawrence Taylor. Nobody nobody had a bigger difference. So you think 81. But for me, when I look at, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to start off with maybe a bit of a surprise. I think it's 93. I think mm -hmm. the 93 draft class is going to be my first choice. They got Michael Strand, second, second round at 40th overall. One of the greatest value picks in the history of the New York Giants. You're talking about what? One of the top five, six, seven players in Giants history. The best defensive player since I've been watching the football team. I came after the Lawrence Taylor uh, error. And was a, you know, he, he was the guy for this football team. And when we won the first Super Bowl in 2007, well, really 2008, the first guy I thought about was Michael Strahan. And, and I remember during the 2000 Super Bowl run against the Ravens, he said he was going to put a gold tooth in between his gaps. And, and that was the first guy I was super happy of, you know, and ended up, ended up being his last year. He went out on top. But you tag that on with the fact that we get Jesse Armstead, who was one of, I don't know, what do you want to say, one of the top 10? Defensive players in Giants history. I mean, him and Strand yep. were our two best players on defense for a long time, along with Keith Hamilton during those years. And you got him at 207 overall in the eighth round. Um, at least in my opinion, probably the greatest value pick in New York Giants history. Mm -hmm. And when you look at those two players, what they did for these teams, numerous Pro Bowls, of course, Strand's in the Hall of Fame. It is tough to come 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 out with two defensive players that had that high of an impact on this franchise in a draft. So. I'm going to start there. Maybe it's a bit of a surprise, but I'm going 93. Well, I mean, you can't deny getting a Hall of Famer. And then Jesse Armstead, who, you know, you can argue, hey, maybe he's a Hall of, Hall of Famer, maybe is he not. You know, hey, if he had a Super Bowl on his resume, that probably would help him out a little bit too. 
but you know, one of the best value draft picks just just of all time. And especially when the further that you got along and, you know, the draft wasn't always, you know, there, there were times where the draft was like 12 rounds and it was insanely long. So if there's more players that are available or if there's more rounds and you have more bullets to to hit per se, um, it, it gets a little bit easier. But, you know, the 90s and uh, I forget what year was the first year where they started with the seven round approach. I actually think 1995, the Giants had seven rounds they had seven they had uh they had more than seven picks but there were seven rounds in the draft i think it might have been 94 95 that it was the first official year maybe it was the salary to... cap because i feel like that's when the yeah. salary cap came into play as well so maybe yep. that's why they made it seven rounds i don't know i'm just guessing yeah so i should know that you would think as a as a you know host of a giants history podcast but neither here nor there we'll include it in the we'll include a graphic and it'll include when when's the first year but jesse arm said one of the best value picks just of all time in general, and obviously can't deny getting a Hall of Famer in Michael Strand. In the second round, the Giants did not have a first-round pick in 1993, and the 1993 draft class in total was 278 AV, approximate value from pro football reference with those seven picks uh, those players had. They also had Marcus Buckley, um, who was a linebacker for the Giants from 93 to 99 as well. Didn't do anything major, but Michael Strahan and Jesse Armstead are the two major players in that draft class. Um, I also should say that we're going to be doing four rounds. So you just had the first pick of the first round. I'm going to have the second pick of the first round. And number one on my big board of best giant draft classes of all time. I'm going to go with 1984. That is the Carl Banks. And guess what? Not just Jeff Hostetler, not just Gary reasons, Lionel Manuel as well. I am. That is what I'm going to go with. I think that is the best Giants draft class of all time. Yes, there's 2004 with Eli. Yes, there's 1981 with Lawrence Taylor, which I'm sure we're definitely going to be talking about next. But 1984, I think, is the most complete draft that the Giants have had all time. They had a total of eight picks that lined up for them and actually played in a football game. Like I said, Carl Banks, that's the last time that we took a linebacker in the first round. That's what everybody always likes to say. Uh, Jeff Hostetler, who is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Hey, maybe not a starter, but <laughs> without taking Jeff Hostetler in that third round, uh, Giants probably don't win their their second Super Bowl in 90-91. Gary Reasons is also a two-time Super Bowl champ linebacker. And Lionel Manuel, as well, is one of the best seventh-round draft picks in franchise history. So those are, what, one, two, three, Four very impact-heavy football players that the Giants got from that draft. And that's four. Four in those first seven rounds. Very, very rare. That's what I'm going with. You can't go wrong. Like you said, you got four big-time impact players. Hostetler played a huge factor in that second Super Bowl run. We absolutely do not win that Super Bowl if he's not on the roster after Phil Sims goes down. So uh, And Carl Banks. I mean, come on. Number three overall. He was great. Um, now this gets tough. And I think you mentioned the two drafts that I was probably considering mm-hmm. the Eli Manning draft and the Lawrence Taylor draft. And I, I, I think even though I don't know much outside of LT in that draft, um, we were kind of talking about it earlier. There's not a lot of big impact players. I'm going to go with 1981. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, in my opinion, the greatest player in NFL history. I'm going to go out and say it. A lot of people are going to say Tom Brady. A lot of people are going to say Jerry Rice. Lawrence Taylor changed the game of football and he changed the New York Giants organization. The New York Giants were nothing. They were horrible uh, in the Super Bowl era up until, um, up until they really got Lawrence Taylor. And then they started to uh, right the ship and get this team to where they needed to be. And of course he was a big contributor of uh, two Super Bowls for this football team. So getting Lawrence Taylor, 
1981, along with Billy Yard, an offensive lineman uh, for the football team, I think for about a decade. But uh, obviously the reason I'm picking 80, 81 is, uh, is LT. Yeah. And we had big blue VCR on uh, a, a couple, a couple weeks back talking about the luckiest moments in giants franchise history and how, you know, the saints had, you know, an earlier pick than the giants in the 81 draft and how, since it was actually, you know, Ryan who took over as the head coach for the saints, he wanted to really go back to like, he wanted to find his Earl Campbell basically. And so they drafted a running back instead. So it, the way that things kind of fell, during that 81 draft, so Lawrence Taylor, and also the way things fell during the 1980 season where there were some situations where the Jets won a meaningless game so that the Giants can actually pick ahead of them. So the way that things fell, it, Lawrence Taylor kind of fell perfectly into their laps, and obviously you, know, you, uh, you don't say no to Lawrence Taylor, and Lawrence Taylor, even if Lawrence Taylor was the only significant pick in that draft class, Billy Art is also the other significant one. He's a one-time Super Bowl champ. He was with the Giants from 1981 to 1988, and he was a guard. Um, had the nickname Biff. Like, really like that. <laughs> Pro football reference always comes back with to the, the wild future, Right around that time, 85 it came out. So that yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, so, but even if Lawrence Taylor was the only significant player in that draft class, that automatically is a success when you get the greatest football player that walked planet earth. Yeah. You could make an argument. Just him alone makes it the greatest giant draft. Yes. Of all time. Yes. That's Which how, actually um, there was a vote. Um, they did a bracket challenge, like the giants, uh, Giants social media team, you know, they, you know, you could put up polls on Twitter and stuff like that. So they did a bracket challenge. Uh, I forget when, but they recently did it. And 1981 draft class, it won over the 1984 draft class, and it's probably because of that reason. Anytime you put LT's name in something, you know, he he's going to win, and and I won't even argue with it. So can't, I won't even can't. argue with it. It's LT, man. All right. Now, I have the next one. Now, do I want to get cute? Which I have a tendency to get cute on this show where I try to I try to act like I'm smarter than everybody else, but I really I, – I, I can't. I, I can't get too cute. I'm going to take 2004. Uh, I'm going to take 2004. 2004 draft class. Giants had a total of seven picks with a total of 294 AV. Now, we are counting Eli Manning as part of this draft class because last week we did not count Eli Manning as part of the Giants, like the greatest Giants draft picks. But Eli Manning is ultimately part of the draft class, even though he wasn't picked by the Giants. So we are, I'm, I'm counting that little caveat there. So Eli Manning was that first round pick, uh, technically. Chris Snee. Uh, was the second round pick Reggie Torbor, Jabril Wilson in the fifth round. And you also had uh pro football reference got it wrong. Derek Ward was not a seventh round pick, uh, but he, he was also technically in there as well, according to pro football reference. But uh, I said that Chris Snee last week is the greatest giants offense alignment of all time. There's some other people that said Doug Reisenberg. There's some other people that said some different names, obviously names that we, that we didn't really get a chance to watch, but I don't think that's a hot take, and I don't think it's actually talked about enough how good Chris Snee was and how dependable he was for a very long time. Chris Snee was fantastic. Yeah. That entire Giants, I mean, O'Hara was fantastic. Deal was fantastic. That 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 they as a grouping they were fantastic. But yeah, Snee went to what three, four Pro Bowls. Um, was a really good. He went to. Uh, I know he was uh, Coughlin's uh, son-in-law, yeah. but um, yeah, he was a great pick for the New York Giants, and just him and Eli alone. You're talking about probably two of the top six or seven most impactful players on those two Super Bowl teams that were in that draft. 
So that's certainly got to be up there. And that would have been my next choice for sure. Uh, had I been, been in your pick uh, as the fourth best draft. And you're talking about the first four picks in that draft. Eli Manning, technically. Chris Snee, Reggie Torbor in the fourth round, Jabril Wilson in the fifth round. I mean, especially, I mean, let's just, Jabril Wilson in the fifth round. I mean, talk, talk to a uh, contributor. Talk yeah. to Tom Brady and Randy Moss in Super Bowl 42 about impactful Jabril Wilson was from that yeah. free safety spot and him flying around the football field making plays. Like, in my brain, I, I always thought that Wilson was like the strong safety just because of how physical he was, how fast he was. But no, he was that free safety making plays in the back end, and those guys don't always get seen, either when they're allowing a big play or they're making a big play. But Wilson was definitely impactful, especially, think about it, coming from the fifth round. Reggie Torbor, who was nothing special, but coming from the fourth round and starting in 104 games, playing in 104 games in his NFL career, a lot of them with the Giants, that's impactful as well. He's a Super Bowl champ. And then obviously Chris Snee and Eli Manning, you know, hitting on those first two round picks, which those, you know, drafting guys in the first and second round certainly isn't a guarantee. Uh, but they hit it. The first four picks in that draft class were absolute hits. So that's what I'm going to go with. Like you said, man, you can make an argument that the greatest quarterback and greatest offensive lineman in the franchise's history came from that draft. So mm. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, just, just with those first two picks. So a pretty damn impressive. Now, this next one, we go a lot of ways. You know, I'm looking at a lot of drafts. I could go a lot of ways here. Um, I am going to go with 05, though. And I yes. think 03, 04, and 05 are all really good draft class, by the way. Um, but 05, I'm going to go with because – and we had no picks. We had four picks in this draft. Imagine if Dave Gettleman had four picks, how that would have turned out. <laughs> we had four picks in this draft. We ended up with, in my opinion, one of the most underappreciated and underrated Giants players during that stretch. Corey Webster was kind of a forgotten man, a really good cornerback for this football team. We got him in the second round. You got Justin Tuck, who is my second favorite Giant of all time, who I absolutely adore, has the coolest face mask in NFL history, and was a huge, huge contributor on the defensive line for this football team. A borderline pro, uh, a Hall of Famer, rather, had he been able to stay healthy a little bit longer. And Brandon Jacobs, I mean, in the fourth round, a fan favorite, and a guy, you know, when I think about Brandon Jacobs, I always think about that run in the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers when he just absolutely obliterated, I think it was uh, Charles Woodson for like a two-yard run, but he just set the tone. He was a, you know, that was the type of running back he was. Um, So he put fear into the hearts of opposing defenses. So three of the most loved New York Giants over that time period all came from within that draft. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, Three huge impact players. You're talking about the number one corner on those teams. You're talking about our best edge rusher probably for about a four or five-year stretch and Brandon Jacobs. So that's a great draft. It's funny, you know, you've picked three draft classes so far. Two of them have not had first round picks. I'm I'm factoring in value here. I'm factoring no, but, in no, but that's that's great and and that that's that's fantastic and it 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 just goes to show number 1 that the Giants as a franchise for whatever reason, doesn't matter who the GM is, the Giants just hit on their second rounders. It's nuts. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, think about it. Like, they're second-round picks. Except for Will Hernandez. Oh, oh, oh hey. The, <laughs> their second-round picks just, like, historically have always been, like, much better sometimes than their first-round picks. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go through I'll go through some of them, but... Uh, well, just uh, in recent history, you got McKinney, you got Landon Collins, you got... Um, uh, who do we... Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson in 2017. Yep, Dal- yep. Ster- Dal- Sterling Shepard in 2016, who's the longest-tenured giant. Landon Collins in the Barber. second round. Landon Collins in the second round over yeah. Eric Flowers. Um, 
Jonathan Hankins in the second round, which uh, I think he was the most impactful player from that draft class, maybe besides Justin Pugh, but Pugh was hurt. Hankins was able to stay on the team for longer. Uh, yeah, this is nuts. It's so crazy. Terrell Thomas from 2008, you know, stupid injuries. It's so crazy, especially in recent in recent memory, how the Giants have been able to hit on those second-round picks. So two out of the first three uh, classes that you've selected, uh, they've had no first-round picks and also impactful second-rounders. Yeah, man. Going for value. 139 AV from those four picks. And really... Uh, Eric Moore, uh, I, I don't even know how long he spent with the Giants. So really, there's they hit on three out of those four draft picks, which is nuts. A 75% hit rate in a, in a draft is un- it's unheard hit. of. It's They're unheard of. You're yeah. talking about Pro Bowlers pretty much with those yeah. three picks. You know, Corey Webster, who at one point was one of the league's best corners, you know, took him a little bit to develop into that, to that number one corner, but he got there. Uh, you know, you talked about Tuck and just the value that Brandon Jacobs brought um, just to this franchise from a scoring perspective and an offense perspective. I mean, that's really what you're looking for. So 2005, I love it. That was next on my big board. So, um, yeah, that was uh that was fourth. That was fourth on my big board. So I'm gonna go with next. You already took ninety-three. So I am going to go with hmm. I'm gonna go with nineteen eighty-six. Nineteen eighty-six, they had twelve draft picks. Um okay. now the there was eleven total rounds, or the Giants at least had had picks in eleven rounds that draft. So they had twelve picks. So they had a lot of bullets and they had a lot of opportunities to hit. But for whatever reason, George Young had one, two, three, four second round picks, and a lot of them were hits. Eric Dorsey was the first round pick. He was a pretty successful player. Uh, I remember meeting him, and I got his signature. That's probably why I know that he was somewhat successful. Cool. Mark Collins, second round defensive back. Eric Howard was a nose tackle in the second round. Pepper Johnson, Super Bowl champ and all pro from 1990 he was also in the second round and then greg lasker who eh, also a second round pick but not a hit who else comes from this draft class that is significant john washington was a third round pick for the giants and he was quite impactful two-time super bowl champ as well so that's going to be my next pick 12 picks and you have basically one two three four Five players that are impactful. Five out of the first six players selected in that draft were impactful. So 1986 it is for me. So it seems like the type of draft where they filled a lot of holes, didn't necessarily get a superstar, but they filled a lot of holes in that draft. Um, And that kind of reminds me of the 2007 draft, which is a draft I'm considering here for my last pick. It's kind Mm. of, it's kind of, and that was a famous draft, right? People always said that that draft, Jerry Reese's first draft with the football team, all those guys helped contribute to that Super Bowl run. We'll get back to that one in a second. I'm also going to talk about two other draft places I'm considering here with this pick. Another one is 2010. JPP, there was not a more impactful player on the defensive side of the football with that second Super Bowl for Eli Manning than Jason Pierre-Paul, arguably the defensive player of the year that year. On top of that, you got Linvel Joseph, who we all remember did great things with Minnesota after we lost him. Those two drafts, along with the 2003 draft, which I think sometimes Giants fans skim by, which is actually a pretty damn good draft. You got another second round pick we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. OCU Minora, one of the best pass rushers in New York Giants history. You got him at 56th overall. When I think about OC, I think about the strip sack. I think about the great pure pass rusher, the six sacks against the Philadelphia Eagles on primetime. 
In addition to that, you got David Deal in the fifth round. David Deal, one of the greatest offensive linemen in New York Giants history, one of my favorite Giants of all time. He was in that draft. And don't forget, sixth round, David Tyree. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a pretty good impact with the New York Giants. So I'm between those three drafts. I'm going to go with 03. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 03 because when I looked at these drafts, I said to myself, who's the best player among those three drafts? I probably slightly lean JPP at his best, but OC throughout the totality of his career was probably a better giant. And I get the David Tyree moment along with the great offensive lineman with David Deal. So I'm going to go with 2003 for my selection. That was next on my big board. Um, Chris, do you know what I nicknamed OC Umanura as a 12-year-old at MetLife Stadium? What? I nicknamed him the stripper. <laughs> oh, because he stripped back. Yeah, yeah, and especially 2010. Uh, he he got to like... Aaron uh, Rodgers, man. Remember the Aaron Rodgers strip sack? But he got to like a, a very near like NFL record in strip sacks that year where he had like an insane... Probably like, you know, maybe it's 12 sacks. I, I got I got to look it up because that's how... Um, that's the one thing that I always thought, thought about. OC was, OC was the best pure pass rusher on that team. He was a better pure pass rusher than Tuck. Tuck was the more well-rounded defensive lineman. But the strip sack is always what stood out to me with OC. I, never, I, I know that Lawrence Taylor was known for that, but I didn't get to CLT. OC was the best player I think I've ever seen do that. He was great at that. And it sucks because, uh, you know, you're talking about LT with, you know, forced fumbles. They they didn't start tracking all that stuff until either in the middle of his playing days or towards, you know, they didn't start tracking forced fumbles until like around when he retired in the early 90s, mid 90s. So that's the thing that sucks about that. But OC's 2010 season, you ready for this? 11 and a half sacks, 10 forced fumbles. Like how, like I, I, how does that, that, that just doesn't happen. Like, you know what I mean? Smart player, um, man. Smart player. And I just sitting in the stanza uh, at MetLife, I, I was like, he's, he's the stripper. Did I know what a stripper was at that time? Maybe, maybe not, but that's what I, he's the stripper. And I actually made a video. This was during COVID. I was doing like some giants history videos, like mini videos on players and stuff like that. I did one on OC. I said that comment and I put in the caption of the tweet that, you know, I, I nicknamed him the stripper. He retweeted it and he followed me. And that is one of my biggest, like, that's one <laughs> of my biggest, that. that's one of my biggest flexes that that's awesome. OC, OC Umanura followed me because I gave him the nickname, the stripper on his 2010 season. So I, whenever I hear people talk about OC, I don't feel people point that out enough. Um, that was his best attribute. Yeah. This stripping. Uh, he was he was he was the best I've ever seen at it. Um, at least for a giant it, it, since I've been watching the team. Yeah, and deals versatility too. Playing guard, playing tackle. Um, you know, hey coach, where do you want me? Yes, sir, I'll go there. Um, very very undervalued and coming from, again a fifth round pick getting good value. Um, that's that's been also. Even, a, I mean, I'm looking team. at the list now. Even William Joseph was a decent contributor. The uh, yeah. defensive tackle, not a great first round pick. Um, we also got uh, Vishante Shanko never really worked out. I remember I was excited about him when we drafted him. He never really worked out, but worked out for Minnesota and Brett Favre. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did. Which I was I was always mad at that. I was like, damn, he's he's good on this team. Why can't he be good here? <laughs> yes. Yeah, great draft. Great draft. All right. You finished off with 1993 as your first pick, 1981, 2005, and 2003. I have 1984, 2004, and 1986. My final pick. Am I going to go with 
I have 1983 written down with Leonard Marshall, uh, Perry Williams is thrown in there, Carl Nelson, and uh, Terry Kennard is also thrown in there too. Am I going to go with 83? I have 1987 written down as well with Mark Ingram, Stephen Baker, Odessa Turner. But you want to know what? I'm a sucker. I like the old. I like looking at the old days, like the really old days. Like I'm fascinated by the Frank Gifford days. I'm fascinated by the by the NFL championship days of the Giants. I am going to go with 1956, the Sam Huff draft. Sam Huff was taken in the third round of the 1956 draft. Um, that draft had a total of, I don't even write down how many picks there were, because there were 24 rounds. They had a lot of picks. And also somebody else significant that came from that draft was, we talked about this defensive end. I really need to get the computer close to my face since I don't have my glasses on. Um, Jim Kakavegi from the fourth round. Um, Don Chandler also came from, he was a punter that came from the fifth round who won a couple championships with the Giants. And he also won a Super Bowl, I believe, with the Green Bay Packers as well. Any other, any other significant players from this draft? Ron Neary was taken in the seventh round. So for my final pick, I'm taking basically 1956 is the Sam Huff draft. Um, another player who also kind of changed the game of football a little bit before Lawrence Taylor did. And I'm a sucker for the old days. I like it. I like it. It was good to throw one of that because I don't know enough about it. So it was good to throw one of those drafts in there. Um, but yeah, man, I had a lot of fun. Like I said, wild card. I thought maybe you go with the 07 just because that Super Bowl, because they, they had so much to do with that Super Bowl run. But I think you made the right pick. I I, I had a lot of fun, Justin. Yeah. Uh, how how many did I get any Hall of Famers from mine besides e- Eli 2004? Eli. He better be a Hall of Famer. Yes. So, and but then 1956, I balanced it out with another Hall of Famer. So we, it's great. We both have two Hall of Famers. So I think this should be pretty fair. And like, I only have two Hall of Famers. I well, I got Strand. I got LT. Yeah. And that was it, huh? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So we each got two Hall of Famers, and then it'll be up to kind of everybody else about who won. So let us know on the the socials, the YouTube comments, whatever. Uh, what draft class do you think is best in New York Giants history? And uh, get excited about this year's draft because that's kind of like what uh, what these bleeding pool episodes are are for. Um, do this exercise on your own. How about this? If you're if you have a family member, if you have a friend that you guys are diehard Giants fans, do this exercise with your friend and or with whoever, and you'll I guarantee you'll get the perspective of man, this is kind of tougher than it looks to find these draft classes outside of, you know, the hall of famers, you know, maybe it's a little tough. You can make arguments for 1983. You can make arguments for 1986, getting good players out of those drafts that ends up in Super Bowl. You can make good arguments for 2007 being in here. So let us know, do the exercise yourself. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Um, And where can people find you, Chris? (laughs) You can find me on the Entertainment Token Sports. Uh, I will, I'll be back on your guys' channel in a couple of days, and then I want to have you guys back on uh, before the draft at some point. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, always love coming on here with you and Bobby. Both you guys are great guys. I've gotten to meet you guys a couple of times in person, and hopefully, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming you guys will be at training camp this year. If not, yes. uh, hopefully, hopefully I get to see it. They better game. have it. They better have and it in person. And this year, by the way, Justin, I want to be invited to that Olympic thing that you did or the, the combine thing that you did. I thought it was fantastic. And, yeah. I, and while, while I was watching, I was like, I wish I was there. I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun and it, it was hysterical. So it was great. I love it. All right, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Keep on bleeding blue.
Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.